You are listening to the Fresh Thinking Podcast. Finlay and Simon chat with friends, colleagues and clients around business and philosophy. Hi there and welcome to another episode of Fresh Business Thinking with me, Finn. And I'm joined today with Michael Fradchoviak from Bespoke Shirt Club. Michael, tell me, how did it go with your surname there? <laughs> I think uh, I think you would get some marks, positive marks for that. So, uh, you know, there is, uh, you know, in the Olympic Games, that they say like, uh, you know, figure skating, it's like 8.2, 8.3. So you, you, you'll be 8.3, I think. All right, 10, okay, so okay, all right. I'm happy yeah. with that. Strictly, strictly is the new Olympics, isn't it? Ah, but, yeah, okay, forgot about that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, really appreciate you taking the time to come and, uh, and have a chat with, with me today. Um, and we're all about fresh thinking, but that's around business. So why don't you tell me first about Bespoke Shirt Club and, and what you do? Awesome. Thank you so much, obviously, for having me. But it's kind of very interesting times where that we live in through right now especially kind of for my industry which is all about clothing looking good bespoke tailoring bespoke shirts that sort of thing and all of a sudden we we end up we end up in the situation where we have to deal with this i probably would never no one would ever think that that we're going to get to a stage where there is no one going into the offices. There is no one wearing ties. When was the last time you you wore a tie? Like it, a long time ago, right? And it's kind of you, you could probably barely wear a, sh- a shirt without you know kind of not feeling as if you dress it up too much. Like it's 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 we somehow living in this world right now where where t-shirts and kind of you know short pants. It's okay. Like it's it's fine. You can just you can just live for a week like that and. And you think, okay, but now I'm in this bespoke shirt and and the bespoke suits business. So how is this possible? And and I see myself as a tailor. I'm a tailor, uh, but I, I as the as the months, as the weeks of the lockdowns and this new world that we're living through um, sort of appear, uh, I see myself more as a as a marketing, as a branding guy, as a as someone who is who's only ever going to be able to survive this going forward if they're going to change if i figure this out if i'm going to go in and say okay if we say that we're still making this shirts and suits and, and everything for uh, for a uh, you know someone who really wants to look good and and uh, has um has the means but also the sort of willingness to do that because that's kind of mindset change as well we can talk about it uh, later but it has to, lots of things has to change. If people, if tailors around the world, in the UK, around the world is the same situation, still waiting for customers to come into their stores to make uh, freaky suits, that day is is numbered. These days are gone. It, I don't think we're ever gonna end up in a situation like we used to have that you just open shop, have a big sign, we open the business, and all of a sudden people are going to flog in and then it's going to be like the old days. I don't think it's ever going to happen, especially for for my industry. I think these days you have to be a lot more out there, LinkedIn, uh, social media, video. You have to be stop, sort of feeling comfortable around that. If you're not, you, you're going to struggle. You're going to have to have something else to offer because just having a, a shop open with big sign, we open for business may not be enough. 
Cool. I mean, yes, that's uh, a lovely little summary of, of where we are. And we've all been dragged forwards about five or 10 years in terms of technology and business delivery. But I'm wondering if you're actually now then thinking, you know, you, you work in a very traditional um, sector, you know, and you know, and mm. great, great as it is, but as you say, it stood still for a long time. And I'm wondering then, have you actually got deeper into me as the consumer, my needs? And so now I'm, I'm maybe starting to dress differently. And so are you starting to think, if I'm getting you right, is you're starting to think, right, what does my consumer actually need? What was the fundamental need when they went to the tailor to get a nice suit or a nice shirt? Are you now thinking, how can I help Finlay present himself or make feel, him feel good about himself? in a different way? Are, are you actually starting to think like that? I, it's it's the only way, like it's the only way to go. Like there is no, this is also my opinion. And I think we, we, we chatted about this last time when we, when we had a quick kind of brief talk that in my opinion, the kind of high street is no longer needed. High street is gonna go sooner or later. And I think it's just COVID, um, as you said, sort of accelerated that change in the sense that why do we need high street just so someone can come in and just try something on and decide whether they want to buy or shop on like the, the high street is it, it, there is no need for that in the sense that because why is there no need for that because what they have is think about how they work they will go in and design something eight to 12 months before it happened. So they would have designers of fall for the spring or summer collection, right? So they have to get their, their you know, the fortune teller skills. They have to think about what the consumer is going to want and then just produce it. And maybe they're going to be lucky, maybe not. See what happens. So how is that, how is that possible that they're going to be talking to exactly what customer wants. No chance. Unless they, by chance, by luck, somehow it turns out that that's a, that's a trend because a footballer or a celebrity wore this and all of a sudden that's a trend. But a lot of things go to back to waste, back to some sort of places where, you know, it comes from this shop to this shop, then all of a sudden go to outlet. That's it. Because they didn't, they didn't sort of get the trend. So that's exactly to your point about consumer needs and wants. I think the retail high street doesn't need that so they're gonna go you know new looks of this world next of this world massive but you know primax is different because primax wins on price so primax is always going to be there because primax is just beating everyone else down with price as but 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 all the kind of the vanilla uh, brands the, the, the i don't know whatever else on high street you see that it's closed that you have no association even if you try to think about the unique selling points you wouldn't be able to figure this out and then for years they've been open on high street and they were okay and all of a sudden this hits i was like there was there is nothing else left with us because we've got no loyalty no brand no one really knows what we do it's like a bit of marks and sparks you're going in and you can buy the chicken breast as well as you know your skirt for summer right so it's it's a bit like that you, you, you no no idea what you're doing so I think that's to your point, like how do you then step back and say, okay, what, well, what actually do consumer want? What do they want? And I think it's going back to your point on shirts. Okay, so if we produce shirts, what sort of shirts do people want? 
maybe they need something that they have without a tie, maybe something with a slightly nicer collar, maybe something that if you have an open neck, maybe a bit of a check, maybe a little pattern, maybe actually something that has got little dolphins, uh, you know, dotted as a, as, a, as a printed, because people are going to be looking at you on Zoom or face-to-face, but most likely Zoom, saying, that, oh, that's a nice shirt, where did you get that shirt? You are through clothing, allowing people to enter into your world so you're inviting them in so by you by wearing a pocket square or by wearing a nice tie or wearing a nice three-piece suit people are going to stop and say that's a nice suit that's a nice shirt where did you get it from you're inviting them into conversation uh, same as if you do a little monograms on your shirts people are going to be like oh what, what, what does that say what, what does that mean 2014 why is that date special for you etc you invited them in Retail brands and high street brands, they're not going to do it. Retail is the, retail and high street, you have to kind of, high street is, is, is goosed. Retail is still obviously amazing because they can easily e-commerce. You know, the, the, the likes of Boohoo and the likes of big brands that are pretty much only online, they are making killing right now. But that's because the retail is dead and, and obviously, you know, the e-commerce side of things is, is, is good. But high street is gone. I, I, I don't think that we need ever need, look, listen, a month without high street open we, we still survive we're still looking good you still as if looks as if you've got something to wear i've got something to wear. i think we're going to be okay you know <laughs> i've got okay. shoes i've got shirts i think i'm okay you know so I, I do we need a high street i don't i don't think so but meanwhile i bought things online e-commerce uh throughout lockdown i bought from boohoo i bought from uh, places online i bought from uh, other uh, kind of i don't know thai brands that i like mm-hmm. I bought them online, like you know. It's, so oh, for sure, I mean, I, one one that I'm using. I don't know what you think of this. Is um, because I I love what what you do as as a business because you've got this. You sit almost right on the cusp between service mm. and product, yes. uh, and I would say as we get more to your end of the market, the service becomes more important. Whereas if I go into you know one of those high street, I get virtually no service, and it's all about product, and that's when what you said about that it being really hit or miss. You know they go for the big check and hope that that's what works with the 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 retailer. So the high level of service that I've been using is Thread. Mm-hmm. So someone tells me what I should buy. They just make it easy because for me, you know, I'm, I'm time poor. So that's the challenge for the high street. They close at five o'clock, maybe six o'clock. But when am I? You go in and you stand in the queue and there is a, you need to find a car park in space and there is usually crowds and maybe people don't like crowds anymore. Gone. Yeah. High street gone, goose gone. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Now, listen, what I should have said is because some people will be listening and not watching, we'll broadcast this on YouTube and just on the podcast. You look great. This is a real, <laughs> this is a real visual one. So if you can, come over to Fresh yes. on YouTube and, and have a look at Michael and his, his branding. And I'll, I'll talk about branding because you mentioned some amazing um, points there about inviting people in to to engage through mm-hmm. your personal appearance your clothes and, and i think yeah. that's fascinating we're we're living through another age of personal branding and i don't know if you remember the last one and then the one before that in the 80s you're probably too young to remember that when when appearance was mm-hmm. you know really important now i'm happy to go with personal branding as long as people understand it properly that it's not just superficial because you're right so um 
that visual imp- impression, that's that's the starting point. But you're right, someone has some sort of affinity to dolphins or the year 2014 and there's a story. And then that's personal branding for me when we get a chance to connect about your first child being born in 2014, whatever it is. And you know, and mine was as well. And all of a sudden you've got that connection yeah. and I love dolphins as well. And I, and it, boom, right? And all of a sudden you've got this connection that otherwise you wouldn't have had if you were just wearing a t-shirt, you know, and, and no one, ah, just another, you know, like I was telling this so many times to like IT guys and people who are coming to me for an advice or they would come in and, and, um, you know, have a, some sort of, you know, a chat with me, that sort of thing. And we would sit down and say like, why don't you just wear a, I don't know, a three piece suit every time you go and see customer. Oh, I just, we are IT guys, we wear t-shirts. Okay, how many IT guys do you know that wear three piece suits when going and service another customer? Well, we don't know anyone. Boom. Like, okay. So think about this. You're the only guy that's going to be wearing three piece suit and a bow tie every time you're going to go and, and, and do the service visit to a customer. What's going to happen? They're not going to remember that you bought Brown. They're not going to remember the company. Barely can remember your name. But there is this guy, this IT guy, the bow tie IT guy. There is this funny story. I'm sure you've heard of this. And, and if not, maybe you listeners have about this tuxedo plumber. Have you heard of that? No, I've not heard about it. So there, was a, there was a story, and that's a true story. Um, you know, so there is a plumber, right? It's, it's in America. He's a plumber, and he's going to a, a charity ball with his wife. And obviously, wearing tuxedo, nice, and he's got a call from his customer saying, can you just come and fix this, you know, emergency leaks, that sort of thing. He's like, I'm, I'm just on my way to, to the ball. Come on, you know, I won't be doing this. Like, no, no, you have to come. You have to come, you know? So he comes, he's like, Let's go pass him, you know, and just jump in, quickly fix it, and we just we just carry on. And wife says, okay, fine. So he jumps out, goes to the guy's house, fixing his leak, and he comes out. What well, turns out to be that now this this client of his says, Oh, I just had my leak fixed by a tuxedo plumber. <laughs> and all of a sudden there is this brand called Tuxedo Plumber. And all of a sudden, it's like he's known in town for being a tuxedo plumber. So before he was just a plumber. Now he's tuxedo. Plumber. Everyone knows him. Oh, we just don't want to don't want to have normal plumber. We just want to have this tuxedo plumber guy. And he was carry on. So he's changed his brand. He changes um, kind of uh, you know the way how he carries business. His bands are right now tuxedo plumber, and he's the tuxedo plumber. So this is branding. This is what I this is what I call something that someone took the kind of opportunity, went with it, and it's kind of. It, it's theirs right now. And everyone else is going to be entering this realm is going to be obviously copying or in, being inspired by, you know, Tuxedo Plumber. But I, I think it just goes, goes to show that the power is exactly in that. If you were as a brand, as a person, if you can find that, there is a, just remembered something. Uh, well, I, it's in this topic. There is a guy called Jay Bear. He is... Uh, marketers a speaker and something like that and he says as american guy and he wrote he uh, has written a book uh, called mm-hmm, something I'll, 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 it's going to come to me we'll find but, it we'll put uh, it in the notes talk, we'll it in the talking corner. triggers talk triggers talk triggers talk triggers okay. talk triggers i think and he talks about uh, how a brand or or a business can start 
hoc triggers. So for instance, if you're the tuxedo plumber, or if you are, he was talking about a brand that they helped where they had a gloves, like normal uh, kind of gloves to things in things. But there was a Canadian company, and inside those gloves, they put a little maple syrup scent kind of thing. And they were branding themselves, obviously, Canadian maple syrup, that sort of thing, and it was smelling nice. And all of a sudden, people were buying, Canadian people were buying them because they smelled of maple syrup. And you think, these are the things, like, can I have the maple syrup uh, gloves? You don't know the brand, but you know, the, it's kind of those little things, those top triggers that help you move from this to this to this to this to this. And it's, um, and I, I think very often people also think that it's, it's naff. You know, why would I wear a pink collar? You know, pink is for these sort of people. I don't, I, you know, I'm a plumber. I should never wear pink. I'm a, you know, whatever else, right? But think about it. Maybe that's, uh, you know, you know, you know where I'm getting with this. No, it's I'm, I'm with a, you. A way for you to be different, to be recognizable, to remember. Don't lose your professionalism. Don't be a, a douchebag or just, you know, you cannot... You cannot do any sort of marketing that covers bad product. I mean, you can, but it's going to be uncovered at some point, right? And um, and and just marketing can can cover only so many things, and branding can cover only so many things. You still have to deliver that good shirt, deliver that good suit, deliver the good service, deliver good gloves, deliver good plumbing, right? That doesn't cover everything, but it's it's a very good, interesting start. I am, for instance, I'm using Segway. You know, Segway, those little things, Segways that oh, you yeah, can. Oh yeah, good fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I now been riding segways in Liverpool for the last six months. I've heard from people around me, heard from heard from someone else that said something else. Uh, it was they were talking about tailors, and they were like, "Oh, we in this building." And someone said to them, "Oh, is that where the segway tailor is?" Segway tailor, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> same things happen to you. <laughs> this is interesting, you know, uh, because it's kind of a, I'm a segway tailor. And I and I and I you know when I'm on Segway and and have it uh, my 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 bag with my branding on and go and deliver customer shirt or suit or something like that, and I'm on the Segway like, no joke, but it's like there is dozens of people with phones recording me, just 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 showing that to look what look what's happening here, you know. So we li so we live in through that age of of that happening to you to your brand, and I wish that on everyone else. Right? Does that mean that I'm that I'm going to somehow now going to be super famous, super wealthy because of that. Maybe yes, maybe not. Who knows? I, I kind of control it. I don't. I can use it. I may not. We'll, we'll see. But it's not something that I would I would lose my sleep over. If something comes out of that, great. If not, that's also okay. Um, do I do I talk about it publicly that I'm a Segway tailor? Yes. But I don't think that anyone in Liverpool that is a tailor is going to jump on a Segway and do the same because no, it's kind it. of mine. You, you own know? it. You own it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, part of, it's part of you. It probably you know, represents you as an individual that you're a bit clever. You like clever um, ways of transport. And that is part of then of your wider brand. There was another couple of things that, that you said, and I, I was kind of, you know, starting to think about the technical term differentiation with the tuxedo mm. uh, plumber. Mm. You know, he differentiates himself. But, and then you said to make yourself different, you know, it's, it's the same. Correct. Correct. And then the other element is, you know, marketing or branding can't disguise that. Um, it's got to be genuine. And, and mm. you know, that's very much the lesson I like to get across. Don't mm. think that this is all just some veneer that we can paint over the yeah. top. If, if you don't, actually act your brand then it's it's all just fake you know so. I, I i agree I, I i very often 
I bring up this uh, this movie uh, to this perspective. Movie that's called it's one of those days. It's it's magicians, but it, but it's it's something called it's uh, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Uh, they are like twin brothers, and they like trying to outdo you, yourself magic. Well, I've not seen that one. It's not seen meaning anything. I'll, 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 it's going to come to me. But there is a scene there that I always talk about. There is a scene where they both come in. The Prestige. That's the one. Thank you so much, Dominica. Well the Prestige. Well done. Right. Uh, so uh, there is a scene where the Chinese guy, who they're going to both go and watch to see his tricks, He's kind of walking funny on the stage and he's got like big cape. So, you know, he's walking funny on the stage and he's doing some magic tricks and, you know, like, like sort of big fishbowl disappears and they're like, no way that he's got that fishbowl between his legs, but you cannot see this because of all the seats or big cape that he's wearing. So you're like, let's have a look. If he walks like this normally in his real life or while it's just a walk stage, you know, that he's obviously, there's definitely going to have that, uh, that sort of ball in between his uh, legs. That's why he's walking funny on stage. But let's see if he's walking in normal life. So they sat there behind the scenes, kind of waiting for hours for this Chinese guy to come off the, the theater to go and jump in a car and go. And they sit in there watching him. And he comes off that theater walking like this. And they both look at each other thinking, wow, we've been fooled because we thought that that's a walking stage. And, and it turns out that, of course, he anticipated that people could actually watch him after, you know, people could actually do what they've done. So like stay there and watch him and kind of, so he was still acting. That was still part of his act carried on hours after the act has actually happened. And I think that's absolutely mind blowing. Think about this, that all of your customers are only going to be showing this marketing bit, the branding bit, the, mm. the bit it's, it's only because I've got, a, an interview with you today and me talking and me, me having a, a chat. That's what, that's the only reason why I'm wearing a shirt and a tie and a suit, right? Normally I'm sitting here in a t-shirt. No, I'm, I'm here every day like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to the shop like that. I, um, I pick up my daughter from, from, uh, you know, from nursery like that. It's not because is this the most comfortable gear I would ever wear? Yes, but that's because I like wearing it, but also, but, but, but probably tracksuit is a lot easier and nicer and better. But why not just because this act goes above and beyond just nine to five. I'm sitting here and, and if someone comes in, I'm here. If not, I can sit, I can sit here in tracksuit. So I think that's the point that a lot of people are missing. They're missing the fact that they are great plumbers, for instance. They, they, they do into good service, but then they drive in recklessly from the customer to their home because they're late. And all of a sudden, someone is filming them that their van is going 60 at 30 and the entire brand is kind of, you know, um, ruined because of that, right? They don't think that they, they, they are their brand. They have to be thinking about this all the time. It's not... It's like a Chinese guy in the prestige movie. He is thinking about that other people can watch him right now. That's why he's doing that. It's so that, crazy. That's that a really good point about that consistency or, or being 100%. Um, there, there was another word, if you don't mind, I'm kind of I'm picking up on the stuff you're saying. It's great. I'm really enjoying having this conversation with you. Is, is how you said that that is the most comfortable um, clothes to wear and there's there's two elements to comfortable isn't there so there's the physical comfortable and, and I'm with you you know maybe joggers at some point are easier 
but there's a, a something that somebody is comfortable with at more a sort of psychological or emotional level because it just fits with them, their persona, with their self, not uh, exactly their physical self, but yep, their self. And, and that's obviously true for you that you're just like, no, no, this is me and, and yeah. I feel right, you know, being properly dressed, yeah. in inverted commas, if you like. I agree. And, you know, we sometimes talk in a lot of, obviously people asking me about branding and about what I do and how I do things online and what to do, what do I think about them? You know, how should they act? And even yesterday I had a chat with the driving instructor, a friend of mine, a client of mine, and he was saying to me about, you know, oh, maybe I should change branding for this. And I was like, why? Like, tell me about this. Like, makes no sense if you just want to change it because you want to change the logo. Like, that makes no sense. But I said to him, like, okay, if you want to change something, maybe change to something that no one expects. I don't know, have pink, let's say, all over your your content. But just live that pink in a sense that all of a sudden you're, you're maybe inside of a car has to be half, maybe give pink kind of, I don't know, diaries to people. Maybe wear pink, sh like live this. Like just changing this because some guru on the stage told you that changing branding to pink and logo is going to sell more. It, it, it won't until you actually start living this and start being and thinking about this and and what does that color represent why do you want to like a lot more things than changing color and you know and, and, the, and the logo you know and things like that and you i know you know this because i've listened to your podcast so i know that you yeah. truly believe in that that it's not about yeah. changing the logo That's yeah the so you will have heard in there then michael one one that i i use as a talk i've used it as a podcast use it as a guest and i say you cannot rebrand and um, that's because in the way that I see it, there's so much more to it. And actually because your brand resides in your consumer's heads and hearts. It's what they think of you. So I totally agree with your colleague, friend, you know, the advice yeah. to say, well, yeah. look, remember, it's not just the logo. It's all those other yeah. things. Um, but I've got two questions rolled into one yes, uh, for, you, for you here. Now, one is... It's. I'll make a point. If if you ever stop working as a tailor or um, couldn't, I think you've got a future as a brand strategist. So <laughs> uh, yes, you know, I think I think you'd be great at that. You've got it. You've got so much um, really good thinking and things to say in that. So I guess kind of rhetoric question: Would you ever consider that? But is that is that a job offer? Is that is that well, what there you go, there you go, live on the podcast. I think that's the first. So well done. Uh, <laughs> we'll take that offline now. Listen, the, but kind of associated, and, and I'm tipping, you know, flipping it around here. But it's not a pitch. But so asking you, how how do you then scale this brand, your brand, because it's got a huge Amazing. potential. Amazing question, because. This is a question that it's been in my head for a long time. And that's kind of my wife's keep asking me this question, like, okay, so it's only you. So how are we gonna how are we gonna make all those millions that you promised me once? You know? And it's kind of a very good question and, and it's kind of keeps me grounded and keeps me kind of sane. But one thing for sure is that I ask for advice. That's one thing that I think a lot of people don't because they think they know everything and I think that's the first thing uh, that uh, that is super important for people to have that humility to ask so that's that's I, I do I do do that so that's that's good I think but I I, I think it's always going to be like that and whoever I talk to and I'm, and I'm going to start working also maybe even this year with a business coach 
So I, I figured, and that's a funny story. Quick, quick side note. We, we got to answer your question. Go for it. Go for it. A business coach. Why do I want a business coach? Well, I work a lot with footballers. So footballers is one of those categories of clients that are somehow drawn to me, drawn to my brand, drawn to, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like you work with one footballer, you work with seven, you work with 70, you work with 100. You know, it's kind of, he, like, they understand that you're not going to go there and take selfies with them. And, you know, like, yeah. they understand that you're kind of trustworthy. That's it. Yeah. So I remember one of my best clients, a guy called Roberto Firmino. He's a footballer for Liverpool Football Club. For those people who like and follow football, they will know him. Um, and I remember I was uh, I was at his house. We were just measuring something and just trying some some garments. And he asked me a question. He said, "Like, so who's your coach?" I was like, "What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean who's my coach?" It's like and he was like, what, "What do you mean?" You don't know what I mean. Who was your coach? And you know, he starts laughing. He was like, "No, I have got like, I've got no coach. Like, what do you mean? I don't need a coach." And then he said, "He was like, okay." And then I start thinking about this. Like, okay, hold on a second. He is. He was. He still is. Probably top ten. He was top ten footballers in the world. Yet he goes in twice a day and kicks the ball. And coaches look at him and tell him, "You, you did it wrong. You did it better. You did." So. He is a top 10 player in the world. Like imagine I'm top 10 tailor in the world, right? And, and he's having a coach twice a day telling him what to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, let me think about this for a second. So I'm thinking I know everything. Maybe I don't. Maybe I need a coach. Maybe I need someone to tell me what to do. Maybe I, maybe there are things that I don't know. And I've been starting thinking about it, starting analyzing, starting thinking, you know, I don't know everything. You know, what's my what's my customer acquisition cost? What's my earnings before tax and amortizations? Every month? What like things I don't know? Like I don't I don't know. Like don't ask me these questions. I don't know. Ask me about branding, marketing, and talk to me. Sweet, but otherwise I don't know, right? And you think I I need a coach. I need someone to tell me about those things that I don't know. And this brings me on to the, the point about kind of um, what, like, what are the steps? Why, why, are, why am I here? How do we scale this? What, what do we do next? With this coach, we need to kind of sit down and think about this. And that's going to be one of the questions we're going to be thinking about is, okay, how do we scale? One of the things that I'm, I'm super passionate about, that's why Dominica is here as well. She only started last week is that I want this spoke shirt club to be this, this multinational, multi-million pound brand. What I mean by this is people like you, people like anyone else who's listened to this, they still gonna be doing Zoom calls if we still live in this reality. Maybe they're gonna do more face-to-face -face as we sort of progress through this. But shirt is one of those things that they will need. They got options. They can go in and buy their own stuff, you know, using the normal Marks and Spencer or whoever outlet they use. There are other retail outlets that sell shirts, not only Marks and Spencer. But imagine that you can have that, or you've got a choice and you can say, I want to have something better. I, I want to have something that fits me properly. I want to look good. I want to have my own name printed on the cuff. I want my kid's name and the special date printed on the cuff. I want, I want nicer fabrics. I want, I want this. You know, I, I, I've, been, I've been living in this bubble for far too long. I want to, so, so now this me opportunity. I will always be face of this. I don't think it's ever going to be, unless something drastically is going to change, that I will step aside, step down. I'm always going to be, you're always going to see me talking about Bespoke Shirt Club. Now, 
there could be 17 other people doing the thing and you know but it's always going to be me if you're going to order a shirt from me rest assured i'll send you a message on the phone me videoing hey thank you so much for ordering shirt with me it's going to make you amazing we just right you're always going to have that touch with me and i don't know what would have to happen for that to stop because uh, we that's scalable obviously to a point but maybe if it's too far maybe that maybe i don't want to be there i don't want to have maybe about hundred thousand shirts a, a month maybe that's maybe i don't want that maybe that could happen when Someone's going to take over, I don't know, like Dollar Shave Club was taken over by Gillette at some point, you know, and things like that, where they could scale only that far. And then the multi-billion pound company took them over and just, you know, took him somewhere else. So, but I want to get to a stage where I still have got capability to be one-on-one -on -one with you, talk to you on the phone, record messages, thanking you for, for the customer and the business. But yet, I don't think I'll be the one who's actually measuring you and typing your details in. I think that's going to be someone else. So I think that's the scalability in answering your question about how do we take this? Because there is only one me, and I understand this, and that's also always going to be there, but that's a unique selling point that I have that no one else has. Um, and that's always going to be the case. And, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried about the fact that how do I, how do I scale to 100,000? One second, I'm not there yet. I, I, let's not worry about this now. You know, many people worry about what, what, how should I name my business so it's easily pronounceable? How should I domain be this or this? Why does it matter? Like, what does Google mean? Nothing before it becomes Google, right? It's kind of one of those things. Like, doesn't as long as people can somehow pronounce it, it's okay. It doesn't really matter. You haven't built anything yet, and you're spending weeks debating whether this color on the logo is better than this. Do something. Don't be, you know. I think action it's... is the most important thing in that in that point there, in that case there, Michael. You're absolutely right. Now, um, if, I, if I could just add a couple of things, if you like, um, and, and I love how we're just sort of sharing ideas and learning from one another in mm. here. I... I think you're totally right. So looking at your screen just now, you've got your signature below the brand name Bespoke Shirt Club. And I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. You're so, so important that that needs to stay and you need to stay in some part of the brand because your story is great, great and everything you bring to it. But mm -hmm. right, you know, it was a bit conceptual. How do you scale that up? Um, and I think you're right. In this day and age, there's ways and means that you hand over some of the repetitive tasks. But lovely if you can stay involved. Because mm. I think that's what's the mistake that um, the founders do make. And I listen to a lot of podcasts like um, How I Made That with uh, Guy Ross. I don't know if you ever listened to that. And I've heard of the guy. I haven't ever listened to his podcast, no. He, He's, yeah, it's good. And, and, and what you hear is this huge growth story. And then the founder at IPO or something, you know, they get pushed into the background. A new chief exec comes in. And actually what happens often is that they fail over the next five years. And the, seat, the, the founder has to get wheeled back out because that's what people connected with. Amazing. You know, your energy, mm. your philosophy, mm. your level of service. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty clear for me. Um, it sounds like great strategy. Um, sounds nice. So um, I'll I'll keep an eye out for that. The the other thing about the coaches, you know, I think you put yourself down. I think you 
you do know all those things, but a good coach just asks the right questions or gives the right guidance to help you uncover it yourself. You know, you, you know that. Yeah, and I and I and I know and I know my weaknesses as well. Like I, I even when we had a sit down here with the coach and we would start, start chatting, I and I, how do I put this? I need to find a coach that I, that's talk down to me because I'm like I don't talk to me about marketing or don't talk to me about this. Like let's focus on things I don't know. Like I. I'm better marketing than you are. So stop talking and, and giving me lessons about this. So let's focus about, so I, I, I think I need to find someone and, I'm, and I think I found someone. So we'll see, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, but, it's, um, but it's kind of someone who's, who's ready to be hit by, by a truck and I'm the truck, who's ready to kind of face the challenge of me asking them difficult questions and saying difficult things to them and say, why do we, why, why do you want me to do this? Like, this is crazy. Like, I, that doesn't fit in, like, as opposed to a lot of businesses will just accept coach and say, yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, we should, we should change it. Yeah, we should. I'll be like, no, let's not do this. Let's do this instead. But how can you help me do this? So it's kind of, it's even as if I'm qualifying a coach to work with me. So it's kind of, are you the good level? Are you the partner in this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even in that, because I know what I'm bringing with me and my energy and, and things, and I just don't want to have a guy that just wants to tick the box and say, oh, I've got another coaching client. Oh, it's, a, it's another hair salon. I'm not another hair salon, you know? I, and, and, and it's kind of, oh, who do you think you are, Michael? But it's, I know I'm not another hair salon. That's what I'm trying to say. And I know where I want to be. So, so it's, kind of, it's kind of one of those things. So it, with the coach, and I agree with you, you have to be careful. As and Many people said that to me, so they must have had similar experiences where they said, be careful for coach not to not to crush your enthusiasm mm. and your and your power and your and your kind of ability to to change people's minds because of the way how you say and what to say and, and, and the enthusiasm and power that comes from that and with that so so it needs to be the right partner i would see i would view them as as, as, as the right partner for the business even though they're not going to have any stake but they kind of you you in there with me if you're not we just have to find someone else you know you have to be living and breathing this bullshit club uh, because that's what I need you to do. And, you know, even didn't talk about money. Money is kind of completely secondary thing. Like we don't, we don't need to be uh, talking about how much these things cost, you know, uh, like how much cause coaching costs. It doesn't really matter. No. I mean, matter. if you get the right one, they'll, they'll, they'll bring a lot of value to you, but good luck to them. Good luck to you. Um, if you find that, cause you're, you're going to make them work. So uh, good for you. Um, I'm going to start to wrap up here. You know, the interesting thing is that I thought that we were going to do one of our music episodes and that I was going to ask you about your favorite music, but, you know, we can park that. And I think we'll do that another time. You, I'm pretty sure you've got the skill and the ability to play some music in between what we say. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll wrap around some some music around based on what we've done. Yes. But um, this this has been it's been really good for me. Thank you very much. Um, listening to really good for me. Thank you so much. I love I love doing that. Thank you so much. Please make sure you also kind of if you have got any questions. I mean shirts is, shirts aside. Like if you have any questions, I I do believe. Um, 100% in LinkedIn. One thing, just to wrap up, I know we have to go. I have to go as well. I've got something at three, so in three minutes. But 
LinkedIn, if you're thinking about one thing that you should be thinking about, focusing right now, it's November 2020. If you listen to that in three years, you will see that I was right. Put all of your eggs in LinkedIn basket. Forget about Instagram for a second and Facebook. Run Facebook ads if you have to. But put all the efforts on LinkedIn. I have grown massively my business on LinkedIn only in six months' time. I spent money. I got coached by by top-level uh, train, trainers on LinkedIn to tell me exactly what to do on LinkedIn. And now I moved from, I don't know, no one see my, my post. So I was even saying to Dominica today, like I posted a picture of a suit today, nothing fancy, just a three-piece suit. And there was like 180 uh, comments and uh, 250 likes and, uh, you know, seven and a half thousand people saw this. It, and it's just nothing special. And you think, just just focus whatever you think is focus on linkedin go to see finley go to see other people if you have good questions about linkedin i'm passionate about linkedin i think is the only thing for business people to be focused on right now full stop and if you're spending time anywhere else stop delete all the other apps and focus on linkedin linkedin is opportunity is crazy at the moment there is there's there's the sound bite. I'm not gonna disagree with any of that. <laughs> Michael, thank you very much for talking to us and uh, keep in touch and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks Thank you so much. much. What a great conversation that was with Michael. Really enjoyed that. Learned so much and it went off in all sorts of different directions. I hope you enjoyed that too. We're gonna classify that as a fresh thinking episode. But as we discussed, we'd started off thinking that we were maybe going to talk around some musical tracks. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play out with a track, a dedication for Michael. Now, due to our license restrictions, only if you're in the UK can you listen to this, unfortunately. Michael, I hope you like this one. <laughs> 